0: Book of John, the fourth chapter. Thank you, Brother Jimmy. Thank you for each one for being here today. Kind of a privilege to be here. Enjoy the chance to come over here every once in a great while. Book of John, the fourth chapter. We're going to start at verse one. And as I've told you all, I am not big on reading. but I'm going to try to read this morning, okay? So bear with me. I'm not going to ask you to stand because we've got a lot of Scripture to cover. John 4, starting in verse 1. When therefore the Lord knew how the Pharisees had heard that Jesus had made and baptized more disciples than John, though Jesus himself baptized not but his disciples, he left Judea and departed again into Galilee. And he must needs go through Samaria. Then he cometh to the city of Samaria ...into a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey, set thus on the well, and it was about the sixth hour. There cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus saith unto her, Give me to drink. For his disciples were gone away unto the city to buy meat. Then saith the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it thou, being a Jew... Askest drink of me which am a woman from Samaria for the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans Jesus answered and said unto her if thou knewest the gift of God and who it is that saith to thee Give me to drink thou would have asked of him and he would have given thee living water The woman saith unto him sir thou hast nothing to draw with and the well is deep for whence then hast thou that living water? Jesus saith unto her, "'Go, call thy husband, and come hither.' The woman answered and said, "'I have no husband.' Jesus said unto her, "'Thou hast said well, I have no husband. For thou hast had five husbands, and he whom thou hast is not thy husband. In that saidest thou truly.' The woman saith unto him, "'Sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet.' Our fathers worship in this mountain, and ye say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. Jesus saith unto her, Woman, believe me, the hour cometh when ye shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. Ye worship, and ye know not what. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour cometh, and is now, when the true worshippers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. The woman saith unto him, I know that the Messiah, the Messiah is cometh, which is called Christ. When he is come, he will tell us all things. Jesus saith unto her, I that speak unto thee am he. And upon this came his disciples, and marveled that he talked with the woman. Yet no man said, What seekest thou, or why talkest thou with her? The woman then left her water pot and went her way into the city and saith unto the men Come and see a man which told me all the things that I ever did is this not the Christ Then they went out of the city and came unto him and in the mean while his disciples sorry in the mean while his disciples paid, prayed him saying Master eat but he said unto them I have meat to eat that ye you know not of Therefore said the disciples one to another Hath any man brought him aught to eat Jesus saith unto them, My meat is to do the will of him that sent me, and to finish his work. Say not ye, There are four months, and then cometh harvest? Behold, I say unto you, Lift up your eyes, and look unto the fields, for they are white already to harvest. And he that reapeth receiveth wages, and gathereth the fruit unto life eternal, that both he that soweth and he that reapeth may rejoice together. And herein is the saying true, One soweth, and another reapeth. I sent you to reap that whereon ye bestowed no labor. Other men labored, and ye are entered into their labors. And many of the Samaritans of that city believed on him for the saying of the woman, which testified, He told me all that I ever did. So when the Samaritans were come unto him, they besought him that he would tarry with them, and he abode there two days. And many more believed because of his own word. And said unto the woman, Now we believe not because of Of thy saying, for we have heard him ourselves and know that this is indeed the Christ, the Savior of the world. Now, after two days, he departed thence and went into Galilee. This portion of Scripture has many, many verses that could be preached upon. You've probably heard many sermons from this portion of Scripture. There's so many things that we could dive into, into the culture of the time with Jesus talking to a woman who was considered ceremonially unclean and how that was wrong for a Jewish man to do so. We could talk about the time of the day the woman came to the well and why she did that. We could talk about what, when Jesus says to her to go get your husband and cohabitation and the sin of that and, or maybe the fact she had had five husbands and we don't know all the reasoning there we can talk about the the scriptures of what Jesus speaking to her about living water or maybe we could skip to the disciples and how the fact they, they couldn't and Jesus talking to them with about the fields being ripe unto harvest or at the very ending there they're saying in verse 42 for we have heard him ourselves and know this is indeed the Christ the savior of the world there are so many different things but this morning, I want to take a verse and put maybe a little bit of out-of-context twist to it. Is that okay? I want to skip all the way back to verse 4, which you've probably heard how many sermons on in your life. And just focus on that verse. And that verse is, and he must needs go through Samaria. Now, that one verse could be interpreted this way. Jesus was going to follow the shortest, most usual road from Galilee which is down south, to Jerusalem, which is up north. Josephus spoke of this as the customary way of the Galileans going up for the feast at Jerusalem. However, the Pharisees and other pious Jews indeed took the longer route, which met going across the Jordan River through Pergia, going north, crossing the Jordan River again, to get to where you wanted to go, a much longer way the way the land lies. To avoid the contact with the country and the people of Samaria, which, as we know, that those Samaritans are half-Jews, many of them, who had done what God commanded them not to do, Jewish people who had intermarried with people of other countries that they were supposed to have driven out. But I want to look at this verse, though, And how and how it affects me and you personally. What does this scripture, he must needs go through Samaria, mean to us? And I want to look at it in reverse. I want to look at the word Samaria. Samaria is, as I just said, is where the Jews, anyhow, the pious Jews, the Pharisees would not go. It was a place that was undesirable. A place that they were not, they didn't want to be. They were not comfortable being. If they had to go there, it was due to a necessity of some sort, or maybe it was just the short way, the quick way, because of a necessity they had to get somewhere. It's not where they wanted to stay. It's not where they wanted to be. What about us? Jesus is coming to Samaria. What about you? Where were you at when Jesus came to you? Was it someplace that was undesirable? Sin is undesirable no matter how, which way you co- look at it, no matter what you call it. We, where we are at when Christ finds us, is a Samaria. It is an undesirable place. Now, it doesn't matter if you were sitting in a pew in this church or whether you're bent over a toilet in the back of a bar. It does not matter the location on earth at all it doesn't matter if you were raised bible holiness or whatever church you want to say or if you had been raised to where you never heard jesus mentioned unless it was used as a curse word none of that matters wherever you are spiritually before you come into a personal relationship with jesus christ is a samaria it is undesirable it is being lost We are all, we all were or we are there. That we are either were in Samaria or we are in Samaria. Depends on if you have a personal relationship with Jesus. It's that simple. But that was us. Whether we like to think about it in that way or not, we are undesirable in our sins. We are lost. But... One of my favorite verses, John 1, 14, And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus came to where we are. Right here on this earth. This earth that is so full of sin, that is so twisted and deformed from what God wanted it. He left the splendor of heaven to come to that. He came to the undesirable. He came to the lost. He came to us. That's Samaria. But, let's go back. I like these words, go through. Christ comes to where we are to save us from or to lift us up out of that place, not to leave us. If we let him work in our lives, he will change us and that change will move us. Now, I'm not saying that it may move us physically from one house to another. I believe you understand what I'm saying. Think of yourself and when you were living in a life of sin. Where did God's saving grace lift you from? How did it change your life? You didn't stay where you were. There was a change that took place. You did not stay in Samaria. Christ went through. He had to go through, and I think the same applies with us. The word go is an action. When we are forgiven of our sins, there has to be some sort of action. We cannot stay like we were. We will be changed. We didn't sing the song this morning, but I believe you all know it. It says, my heart was distressed neath Jehovah's dread frown and low in the pit where my sins dragged me down. I cried to the Lord from the deep miry clay who tenderly brought me out to golden day. He brought me out of the miry clay. He set my feet on the rock to stay. He puts a song in my soul today, a song of praise Hallelujah. He placed me upon the strong rock by his side. Now, wait. It says, I was low in the pit where my sins dragged me down. Now it's saying, once we have been saved, once we, we have met him, he places of us upon the strong rock by his side. My steps were established, and here I'll abide. No danger of falling while here I remain, but stand by his grace until the crown I gain. Jesus, as we see, stayed for a couple days in Samaria. He stayed there, and I would love to know more about what happened. We just have this snippet of the conversation with one person. He spent two days there, and then we have the little snippet of what the people from the town say at the end. I would like to know what took place in between. We don't know. But Christ, he went, he stayed there and passed on. His work there was done, and it's the same for us. He comes, he stays with us, he he gets a hold of our hearts, and he moves us on. Those people there were changed. Yes, they still lived in the same houses, and yes, they were still Samaritans, but there was a change to them. When Christ comes into our lives, yes, we're still probably going to stay in the house, we're still Americans, we're here, but there is a change that has happened. And that our lives. There is action that happens. But those first three words of that verse, he must needs. In my words, he had to. I like simple English. I'm a simple person. It God is in the life-saving, life-altering business. It's not a whim that Jesus is acting upon. This was his purpose in life, to provide the living water, as he says to the woman at the well, or salvation, as we like to call it, to all who need it. Luke, I believe it's um, 19.10, says, For the Son of Man is came to seek and to save that which was lost. That's us, folks. He had to come to earth because we needed him. There's no way around it. We all need him every day. It's not a one-time deal that we just need him once and then off. No, we need him every day, but we needed him for, to be saved of our sins. We're lost without him. We're stuck in Samaria with no hope unless that first part, he had to go. Have you ever had to go somewhere that you didn't want to? (laughs) I won't fill in the blank. You can do that. Do you think Jesus wanted to leave the splendor of heaven and go through all that pain and suffering? I can't honestly tell you I know the answers to all those questions. But I do know, as you've read as well, when it gets down to the time of his death, that he's praying, Father, if it be be thy will, let this cup pass from me. He knew what was in store for him. He knew what he was going to have to go through. And really, anyhow, in the physical, he did not want to do it. But he had to. Because he knew it was the only way for you and I to ever stand a chance to stand before a holy God. And thinking about for this sermon that my mind kept running along the fact of the holiness of God and how this here and how there's just no way that we could ever, ever go before a holy God if it was not for him coming. This he must needs go through Samaria. In other words, Jesus came to the earth to remove you and I from the wicked life of sin that leads to hell and put us on a new path that leads us to heaven. It's that simple. Now, your pastor likes to preach long. I like to be short. Is that okay? Okay, good. We've talked about it. That short little verse, though, has such an impact, I think, for each one of us when you look at it from this standpoint. And I think a way that really sums this up is the song, He Came to Me. The gulf that separated me from Christ my Lord was so vast the crossing I could never ford. From where I was to his domain, it seemed so far. I cried, dear Lord, I cannot come to where you are. He came to me. Oh, he came to me. When I could not come to where he was, he came to me. That's why he died on Calvary. When I could not come to where he was, he came to me. He came to me when I was bound in chains of sin, He came to me when I possessed no hope within. He picked me up and drew me gently to his side, where today in his sweet love I now abide. He came to me, he came to me when I could not come. To where he was, he came to me, that's why he died. On Calvary, when I could not come to where he was, He came to me. Thank the Lord. He must needs go through Samaria for me. For he said it to the woman, Salvation is of the Jews, and folks, we're not Jews. He did that. It may have seemed for her, but I think He did it for us. He came for us this morning. Lord, thank you for this beautiful day that you've given to us and for each one who's here. Thank you that you love us and you care about us and that you're, that you came for us. And Lord, although this is short and simple, I believe it's so profoundly true that you did it for us. You did it for me. And you do it for one, because you love us that much. Lord, thank you that you love us so much. I ask that you'll be with each one as we go our different ways this afternoon, well this morning. The different houses we'll be going to, the different places we'll go. That you will be with us and help us to realize that you came for me. I could never get to where you are, so you came to me. Thank you, Lord. Help us to relish in that thought and to enjoy that and to think on that and realize the great sacrifice you did for us. I love you this morning, Lord. Keep us all safe, we pray in your name. Amen. Thank you all for coming. I'll see you this evening.